Good evening, everyone. We want to welcome you to this broadcast, this broadcast, this service from Unity Baptist Church. And uh, thank you all for joining us and uh, uh, watching tonight. And I hope that wherever you are and uh, whatever you're doing, that you'll stop for a little while and, uh, and watch the service. And, and I want to encourage you, uh, church is not to be a spectator sport. And uh, wherever you are watching, uh, you can worship the Lord right where you are. And uh, I encourage you to pray, and uh, and right there where you are, and uh, and enjoy uh, the service and, and being in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I do want to thank everybody that's been watching and, and joining us. And, and we want you to know this: um, if you do not have a church home where you attend, we'd love for you to come and visit with us. Right now, we're having um, drive-in service on Sunday morning, but beginning next Sunday. We're going to start having a drive-in service on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And uh, we got to discuss with the men uh, in the church, leadership of the church, and come up with a decision on a, a final date when we're going to start meeting again. But we sure would love to see you come and uh, be with us, and it'd be an encouragement to us. And if uh, you come, you don't have to get out of your car. You can sit in your car. You don't even have to roll your windows down. Uh, you can listen to it right there on your radio, and, and it'd do you a lot of good uh, to come to the house of the Lord. And, uh, and uh, be around God's people. And uh, again, we just want to encourage you to come. If you don't have a church home and uh, would like to come visit with us, we sure would enjoy having you. Let's pray and ask God to bless the service tonight. Uh, we've got a special treat. Brother Zeke Hobbs is going to preach for us. And so we're going to pray for him and the ladies, Miss Kim, Miss Christy, are going to sing. But let's ask the Lord to help and God, and God to touch each one of them. Father, we pray tonight in Jesus' name that, Lord, you'd help us. And, Father, that you'd meet with us here in this place. And Lord, we, we know that though these pews are empty, we know that each one that sits in these pews is somewhere tonight, and Lord, they're watching this service, and I pray, God, you'd help them, and you'd bless them, and you'd touch them tonight, and we, though Lord, we know, Lord, that physically we are distant from one another tonight. We know that spiritually that we are bound one to another, Lord, by the Spirit of God, and I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight. I pray you'd bless those that are going to sing, bless these ladies Help them, Lord. Give them a special touch, Lord. And I pray for Brother Zeke as he brings the message tonight. You'd put your hand upon him and give him words to say and help him, Lord, to say exactly what it is that we need to hear tonight. Lord, we pray now that you'd bless and help us. We do pray for our nation, Lord. We pray for our leaders, Lord, both nationally and locally, Lord, and in our state. We pray, God, that you'd turn and move their hearts in the right direction. And I pray you bring us out of this situation. I pray you bring our nation out and bring us through. And, Lord, give us another chance to serve you, Lord. I pray that you'd show mercy unto this nation. Lord, we don't deserve mercy tonight. We deserve judgment. But I pray, God, in wrath, you'd remember mercy and you'd show grace to your people. We love you tonight, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. These ladies are going to sing. You pray for them tonight. And uh, listen to these good songs they're going to sing. There are walls made by man, built by frail and human hands, that an enemy can scale and give to you. But there's one protecting me from my greatest enemy. It's a wall that Satan can 
can't break through. Sometimes a wall of grace, sometimes a wall of faith, other times it's sweet mercy that I need. But the one for which I long, it makes all the others strong. I need a wall of prayer surrounding me. Oh, my brother, when I'm weak, would you stand instead for me and pray a fortress round me strong that can be moved? And I promise you today when I bow my knees to pray, I'll do my best to build a wall of prayer for you. Sometimes a wall of grace, sometimes a wall of faith, other times it's sweet mercy that I need. But the one for which I long, it makes all the others strong. I need a wall of prayer surrounding me. I need a wall of prayer surrounding me. There is one thing I desire, one thing I seek, to hide in you, abide in you. I'm yours for you to keep. You prepared a table for me. You're my portion and my cup. You are the source of strength. Lord, you will fill me up. You are my shepherd in the wilderness. Who shall I fear? You are the God who goes before me, my rock and my shield. In troubled times you will provide, and I shall not want. You are, you are my God. Though I walk through the valley of death, I will magnify and glorify you in every breath. When the wicked stands against me, I will follow as you lead. You are the truth, the way. You're the lamp unto my feet. You are my shepherd in the wilderness. Who shall I fear? You are the God who goes before me, my rock and my shield. In troubled times you will provide, and I shall not want. You are, you are my God. So I'll be of good courage, for you have overcome. You will not forsake me, so wait upon you, Lord. You 
tell you tonight I'm thankful he's my God and uh, I'm glad that in the worst of times he's he's the same and he's the same today and he'll be the same tomorrow and one man said it like this he said when life is at its worst God is at its best and I thank the Lord for that and uh, you know one thing I've got to witness as a pastor over the last month or so or uh, going on two months I guess since this began is I've got to see our people the church and uh, most times we go through valleys, and one family will go through a valley, and then another family will go through a valley, and then it's, ne it's never everybody at the same time. Uh, but when this all began, we all walked into it together. And uh, I was looking this morning as we was out here, and I thought, you know, the Lord's brought us through. And you say, well, we're not through it yet. Well, we might as well. The Lord's going to see us through. And I thank the Lord for it. I appreciate these that come, and my wife and Miss Christy singing, and and, uh, and, and you that are watching, uh, you, you, you really don't understand um, how it is in a church by yourself uh, doing this. It's very difficult. And I appreciate them being willing to sacrifice and come. And I appreciate Brother Zeke Hobbs being willing to preach tonight. And uh, Brother Zeke, is a, uh, he's just uh, him and his family are treasured our church. Um, we've seen the Lord change their lives completely. Um, I met Zeke at a baseball field in Fancy Farm, Kentucky, and uh, his son and uh, my son were playing ball together, and and uh, my wife and Miss Carolee began to talk some, and they ended up coming to church, and Brother Zeke was a lost man uh, when he first came, and he was miserable, and, and you could just see it in his face, uh, but on a Wednesday night, uh, right here in this church, uh, Brother Zeke got saved, and he gave his heart to the Lord, and since then, we've seen him, the Lord change a man and uh, it completely changed his life and called him to preach now and uh, he set out to, to follow and, and to fulfill that call in his life and it blesses my heart as a pastor uh, for the Lord to call people and to use people and uh, Brother Zeke's nervous about this because he's never done this before so you pray for him right now at your home pray for him and think about if it was you standing here uh, doing this and, and ask the Lord to help him and, and when you listen to preaching, and, and I'm not supposed to preach tonight, <clears throat> but I guess I can. I, I tell our church that when you're the pastor, you can pretty much preach whenever you want to or you feel like it. So uh, I'll say this. when you A lot of what you get from preaching is how you listen to it. And preaching was never meant to be critiqued or to judge or to be scored like a, a performance. And so when a man's preaching, I, and I, I do the same, I still, I, this September will be 20 years uh, I've been preaching, and, and to this day, I still, just about every sermon, I'll mess up and say something, won't say it right. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. And uh, worry about what the Lord has to say to you. Dr. D.L. Moody, he uh, founded Moody Bible Institute and pastored the Moody Tabernacle and uh, uh in Chicago, Illinois, he was a great man of God, evangelist, 
He reached thousands of souls in his ministry, but he was an uneducated man. And he never wrote any books because he could barely read and write. And one night he was preaching to a large crowd, and when he got done, uh, this uh, eloquent-looking lady come up to him and said, Mr. Moody, she said, uh, while you was preaching tonight, uh, she said, uh, you made 12 grammatical uh, errors while you was preaching. And she said, that's really bothering me. And he looked at her and he said, ma'am, I'm uneducated. And he said, I, it bothers me too. And uh, she kind of looked at him and he said, but you know what else bothers me? He said, it's not the 12 grammatical errors that you heard. It's the message that you didn't hear. And so tonight, listen attentively and ask the Lord to use uh, what Brother Zeke, what the Lord's given Brother Zeke, and, uh, and let it speak to your heart. Come on, Brother Zeke. Hello out there in the Facebook world in the internet. <clears throat> this week, uh, Brother James asked me to preach, and I've been praying and figuring out what to preach. And um, he put this one on my heart. I wanted to preach in Matthew. Then he said, no, don't do that. I always was told by a preacher to, say, to preach to the heart, not to the flesh. So tonight I want to preach out of the book of Habakkuk. It's in the Old Testament, in chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Uh, I will stand upon my watch, tower, my watch and set me upon the tower and watch to see what will say unto me and what shall answer when I am approved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end shall speak and not lie. For it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith." That's where I want to be preaching out tonight is verse 4. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing me to preach tonight. Lord, I pray that you be with the ones out there who are sick. Lord, I pray that you put your healing hands on them. Lord, I pray for the ones that are out there on the out there fighting this invisible enemy, Lord, uh, keep their strength. Give them courage, Lord. Lord, I pray for the ones out there lost here tonight, that you touch their hearts, to give them that Holy Ghost conviction. Lord, you say there is a point in time, and it will come. Lord, it, I just say thank you for saving my soul. In your heavenly gracious name, amen. Now, Habakkuk's a unique book by, it's only a three chapters. The unique thing about Habakkuk is, is one, Habakkuk addresses not the nation like most prophets do in the Bible. He addresses God. Because Habakkuk, Habakkuk has a burden. The burden is that that. Israel is 
being wicked, that God is allowing the enemies to, tri- to become powerful, the people that are supposed to be godly, that have faith, are being run into the ground by wicked people. The Habakkuk is taken it's taken place in the eight years of sixteen or six twenty two BC through six oh five BC. Habakkuk is one of the twelve minor prophets, and it's six hundred years before the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So before I get into what I'm gonna preach on, we just look at chapter 1 for a little bit. Like I said, Habakkuk has a burden. It says in verse 2 in chapter 1, O Lord, how long shall I cry? Thou will not hear? Even cry out unto thee of the violence that will not save? Tonight I want to ask you out there, do you have a burden right now? What's troubling you? What's making you fight your faith? Is it because of this corona that's going on? Is it because of the loss of work that's going on? See, Habakkuk was saying, Lord, you're great almighty. You're the great I am. You're the man that created the heaven and the earth. How can you allow your people to be vile, be corrupted by the government? How can you allow all this that they have put the the Torah away, that Moses that led them out of the land of Egypt that gave him the commandments that you told him to tell them that they needed to follow by. And they are running around, idling false gods now. And the bad thing is, on the horizon, the Chaldeans, Chaldeans or the Babylons, are rejoicing because you're allowing them to get victory over them. So, you look at verse 1 and, and or in verse 1 or chapter 1, and, and it's more like an argument from Habakkuk to God. So, when you get into chapter 2, God answers. And God tells him to write the vision down that he tells him that he comes. That he knows what's going on in this world. He's going to use the Babylons, or Chaldeans, to use them to fix what's going on in the world. So when you look at verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, But the just shall live by his faith. He is saying, Habakkuk, I know what's going on. I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to tell you to wait, though, because if I tell you what's going on, you will not 
understand or comprehend because it would be too great of a thing for you to understand. I'm proud tonight that God has control over everything. I'm proud that the Lord says, I know what's going on down here on earth. He knew what's going on then. He knows what's going on today. He knows when he will come again. He says, Lord, why will you not give me this vision? Why will you not tell me? He says, you've got to trust in me. When I think about this, I think of Proverbs 15, 3. It says, I, the eye of the Lord is in every place in, in the beholding the evil and the good. God knows what's going on. We have to put our trust in him. That's why we need to have our faith always in him. Through every storm we go through in life, we will have him on our side. There's some out there tonight, I know, that are questioning me right now. He said, you're probably out there saying, I've been good. I've been faithful. Question is, how true have your faith really been? For you out there that's lost, you're saying, I don't need him. I have things in life. You might be thinking, man, what helps my problems is the alcohol, the drugs, the money that I make every day in my life. His love is more powerful than anything in this world. When it says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto, unto me, the Father, but by me. He is the way. He is the truth. When I get upset or afraid, I think of Psalms 56, chapter 56, verse 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. When I was a lost man, I always put my things on the world. There's enough things out right now going on in this world that's pulling us away from our faith. They're wanting us to trust in the government. They're wanting us to trust in the world organization. They're wanting us to learn by their rules. Tonight, I'm proud to say when I was like that, I did go after that. I found other things to help me try to get my trust back up. But I'm proud tonight. I say when I put my heart into the Lord, I put all my trust into him. Some people say the, the world is too corrupt right now. For example, some people say I've had too much burdens in my life from someone that was faithful. They passed away for no reason. God knows why. Some people saying if the world was, he's such a great God how is he allowing school shootings to go on right now? 
How is he allowing the government to run churches down to the ground? I'm proud to say he's still in control. Jeremiah 17.7 Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hopes in the Lord is. We as Christians in this nation need to put our trust back into the Lord. Not a little, all 100% of it. Our forefathers came over here because they trusted in God. We need to do the same. Through every storm, like I said, He's always there. He's always there, been there for me. He always will be there for you. Through all the things I think of during in the Bible, there's others I think in the Bible that that had trust in him. You look at the three Hebrew children. That that king wanted them to idolize their his golden god. They made everyone bow. They didn't. So what did he do? Threw them in the fiery furnace. But their trust, their faith in the Lord, they knew he would save them. And they was. A fourth man came. Save them out of the fiery furnace. When you look at Daniel, when he was thrown in the lion's den, he had trust in the Lord. When you look at Esther, the book of Esther has no mention of the Word of God, but she was raised with knowing God. And she said, if I perish, I perish. And she went ahead and did what she felt the Lord told her to do. Her trust in the Lord made her save her people from getting killed. My question is to you, where's, how's your faith? How's your trust in the Lord tonight? When we look at the stuff going on, it is troubling. It does hurt. But I'm proud when it says in the Bible in 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Tonight we need to put our cares and our trust back into him. Whatever burdens you have, like a bucket, he put his cares and trust in the Lord. He knew if his faith was strong enough, everything would come out right. That's what Habakkuk's book is about. It's about trusting in the Lord, putting your faith in the Lord. Through good times and bad, he's always going to be there. Maybe tonight you're out there right now dealing with burdens. All you have to do is call upon him. Cast your burdens upon him. I just ask, how is your trust? How is your faith tonight? Do you need him? Yes, you do. So whatever storms you're going through, 
He's always there. That's why we need to put our trust back into him. I'm asking you tonight, if you're lost, you think the world's coming to an end. Most preachers you talk to right now, they're thinking in the world is not coming to an end yet. They're thinking it's the books of Matthew and chapter 24 is starting in that way. I have a question for you that's lost out there. Why put your trust in the world when it's always thrown you away, always disappointed you? I'm proud there's a guy upstairs right now, up there, who's the, the beginner in the end, the he- maker of the heaven and the earth. Right. He's the one that can help you. Right. He is the best one you need in your life. As a man said about faith, George Herbert Faith makes me anything. All that I believe in, faith sets me higher in glory. God is the creator. Man will fall. Through everything, God and through God is possible. So tonight... Put your trust back into him. You think, I know, I've been there. We've all been there through this big ordeal. It's been difficult. But God's always there. He's never left. And I'm proud that I have no more worries when I know I can always trust into him. Heavenly Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for this message. Lord, if there's someone out there that needs you, just be with them in their time of need. Lord, for the lost, just prick their hearts so before it's ever too late, have them call upon you. In your heavenly gracious name, amen.